Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. A very happy Christmas or Festivus or whatever the hell you <laughs> want to celebrate that doesn't matter to me. I love Christmas, so I celebrate Christmas, but whatever. Anyways, with me, my co-host is a little under the weather today. The poor <laughs> thing. Hmm. Yeah, she should drink some more, you know, get that alcohol content in the, blood, in the blood up so it kills all the germs. Maybe that's my problem. Yeah, yeah. Not enough alcohol? Oh, I didn't introduce you, though. Uh, and Carrigan, there you go. Hi! <laughs> I was kind of waiting. I thought yeah. maybe... Well, everybody recognizes you from that, that beautiful duet we did last uh, show. That's right. Yeah, I think we should just cut a new single. A new Christmas album next year. Yeah, whole yeah. Christmas album. Ron and Ian sing. Butcher Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Let us ruin your Christmas songs. <laughs> You'll never want to listen again. <laughs> To go along with that lovely calendar we're doing next year. Yes, yes. A calendar, an album. We have hit the big time, Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, we are just people. We're just rolling in it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's uh, Stephen Scott in the chat room. We say uh, happy uh, Christmas to him in Scotland. Yes, hello. Merry, merry to Scotland. Is it Christmas hey. Eve yet? Yeah, I'm close enough. Close. No, it's only five hours. That's midnight. So it's Christmas Eve. It's not Eve. Christmas Eve. It's, not it's Christmas, Christmas Eve there. No. Christmas Eve day. Christmas no, it's not Christmas. It's only the twenty freaking fourth. So it's Christmas. just mid- midnight morning. Christmas I know. of the Christmas morning. It's Christmas what? Eve. Not yet. Morning. Christmas, right, Christmas Eve. Eve morning. Yes. Okay, I will agree with you on that. Jeez. Oh my God. Okay. Hey. Good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was mentioned, by the way. Uh, for some reason, uh, slot tire. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, I know, slot tire. Uh, the, my email address is associated with them, so I get all the email. And tire? Slot tire, whatever. Slot? No, not slot. Slot. S-L-O-T. No, S-C-H-L-O-T-T. Slot tire. Oh, I'm supposed whatever. to know that's what you're saying. Okay. I don't make it up. So well, that's not, well, what is that? It's a what? tire company, evidently, and I get all their things about conventions and all this other crap. But the, the <laughs> coolest thing that I found is they actually have a beauty pageant for uh, Miss Retread. <laughs> <laughs> honest to God, I did not make that up. That is, is that, honest to is God. That true. the um, uh, ridden hard and put away wet category? <laughs> I have no idea. Miss Retread. <laughs> That's so, scary. All right. Yep. This so, sounds like I, a very scary "quote unquote" beauty pageant. Uh, I don't know. 
course, maybe you, uh, maybe Steve Harvey could could MC it. Um, you know, uh, I was a ju- you know I was a judge at the uh, the local uh, Miss America uh, one. Miss right? America. Yep. Miss New Hampshire. Yeah, which is part of Miss America, right? That's all. Other than so they they win. It's the Miss America pageant, you clunk ahead. It's They're Miss- all part of it. They go I by Miss go- America oh, rules. Oh it's all God. governed by you Miss... You argue with me more than my husband. It's hard oh, to believe. God's sakes, have another drink, will you? I know. All right, so we got a guess in the line. I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with you. It's like you're married <laughs> again. Yeah. You're still wow. married. What do you mean again? Again? <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, now John says Anne could be Miss America. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm a little long in the tooth for Miss America. I'm not going to say a word. This is Mrs. Tread. But anyway. I'm being nice. I'm being nice. So anyways, Shush. we have a we have a guest on the show who's going to bring actually some sanity to the show. Uh, someone he has up by now. <laughs> <laughs> someone who uh I've known for quite a while, actually, and had the pleasure to meet and everything, and uh, actually worked with her a few times. And she is a perpetual author, written many books. Uh, the most famous, of course, is The Ghost Huntress, which is really cool. Uh, and But she also wrote a book on Christmas, Christmas Miracles, uh, co-wrote a book, and uh, she is Molly Gibson. Hello, hello. Hi, Welcome. Marley. <laughs> Merry Christmas, She's, happy holidays. Mary everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost here. I know. Thank God. I, I just I just got my ham today, so I'm <laughs> I'm behind the eight ball. <laughs> oh no. There you go. Oh no. Uh we are having ham also. Yeah, we're fixing to make some ham too. Turkey breast too. <laughs> what? You're fixing? Fixing, yeah. Fixing. Fixing. Uh yeah. So Molly, say something in southern for us. Say something in Southern? Yeah, you know, speak um, some Southern for us. Fried chicken. I don't know. <laughs> Grits. 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oyster roast. <laughs> there you That's go. the big thing down here, the oyster roast. Oyster they, roast? Uh, yeah, they have it? oyster roast. And, uh, you know, like like we have clam bake, but they have an oyster roast where uh, they literally just have tables they'll just put out, cover them in white paper, and they will... They, they will roast the oysters over like a fire or huh. like a steam pit somehow, and mm-hmm. just get them just a little bit cooked, just you know, just firm enough. And then they just dump the bushels of them out on tables, and huh. you just grab a knuckle full of them and just go at it. And they are just—they're sweet and tender and delicious. And really, it's just yeah, it's amazing. No seasoning or anything. Well, I mean, they put stuff out on the table, like, you know, they'll yeah. put Old Bay, they'll put uh, horseradish and cocktail and lemon and stuff like that. It's up to you, however you want to do it. I don't yeah. think I've ever had oysters uh, like that, roasted. No. Yeah, and they're not, they're, not like, they're not like single oysters. They're like clusters. So you'll, oh. grab, you'll, you'll grab a cluster, and it's yeah. got like maybe eight or nine little oysters all tucked together. It, it's more, wow. but it's worth it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, we love I mean, it. they don't—they don't pop open like our nice New England steamers. Mm. No, I mean they're cooked enough that that you don't have to like. They'll give you the 
the oyster tool, you know, that you, yep. you dig it in there. And, and mm-hmm. if it doesn't open, of course, you don't want to eat it. So Ah, but, right. Yeah. So it's, okay. It's fun to live. <laughs> Sounds good to me. It's a adventure for us. Hmm. <laughs> Road <Yeah>. trip. <laughs> so, uh, Molly, you are down in Savannah, right? We are in Savannah, otherwise uh-huh. known as America's Most Haunted City. Yeah, it's oh. true. It's true. And uh, it's, it's living up to its name for us, definitely. Nice. And, and you are there with your better half, which is Mr. Burns. Mr. Patrick Burns, yes. He is a tour guide here. He has his own ghost tour that he does Ooh. nightly. And, nice. in fact, he is, uh, you know, most people don't think that people want to go on a ghost tour in December, but he is sold out tonight. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, I would. So works, um, and he does a, a nightly tour. It's called uh, Savannah Ghost, and it's cool. a paranormal investigator's tour where he takes people around and he shares, you know, stories and history about locations. And he, he does maybe like four or five locations. And mm-hmm. then he pulls out the, the tools of the trade and he gets EVP and, you know, uh, you know brings out the K2 and the, the meters and stuff. And he, so far, is batting a 1,000. There isn't a night he doesn't come home without, a, without at least an EVP. Nice. Ah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I hope he's documenting all this. this. This could be a book, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a... You know, as if we didn't have enough EVP between the two of us to begin with. He, uh, <laughs> he's he got a stockade now. So, <laughs> so yeah, wow. you can check him out on Facebook. It's uh, Savannah Ghost. And he's, nice. I, I think some of the EVPs should be up there, too. Yeah, we had Patrick on the show uh, not too long ago. Uh, well, I guess it's been a while. I guess. It has and been has a while, it? yeah. Yeah, okay. I know. I, but when he just first started doing that, I think, so. yeah. Um, that was. Yeah, but, he's uh, uh, he's loving it. He's absolutely he is he has found his his dream job. I do believe. That's yeah. awesome. Good for him. Most people think I'm too weird to be a tour guide. So because I do those ghost tours at the lighthouse, and everybody says he has a weird sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ron, things. we'd never you'd you'd we'd never get on topic. You'd never. You'd just start talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it with Jeremy, and Jeremy, they always say, oh, Jeremy's so informative. He's so uh, historical. But that other guy, he's got a weird sense of humor. <laughs> Have they just met you? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Right? <laughs> no. So, Molly, the last time I, I saw you, you were at the uh, Spectral Evidence down in Salem, uh, close to Halloween, and I remember that you had got uh, if I remember, you, you got pushed or scratched in your back. Do you remember that? What, at Spectral Evidence? Yeah. I think I got pushed. Pushed, yeah. That, at the, that was at the Hawthorne, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was the last that time was, I saw you. And, uh, yeah, yeah that, that, was, was, that was the night that you conjured the witch up in the cemetery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice and, work, uh, Ron. Yeah. That that was probably one of the most compelling photographs during a ghost hunt that I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. That was uh, Leslie Biden took the picture, but uh, oh, yeah, it was it was good. I just did. I just I just cast the spell. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, of course, is spell casting now. Uh, oh, she's, <laughs> yes. She's become quite the uh, 
little officiato of little uh, spell. spellcaster me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it so, involves like two or fewer ingredients, I'm all over it. Yep. <laughs> No, I did. Yeah, that I did, was uh, a that was a yeah. fun night. That, it's always fun to do the spectral evidence because a lot of times you have people there that they probably watch TV shows and stuff, but they've never actually gotten out and right. and done an investigation. And uh, it's always it's always fun to watch their reactions as as things go down. Mm-hmm. Mm. The, the um, only bad, bad part is, is you do run into the drunks, <laughs> which is uh, in Salem. No, yeah, I believe it. Really? Or, the, actually... or the the mean little city councilman that, that that was stalking us that night. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do not. He, he was mean. He was he was like, get off. He says, you you don't have a permit to be walking around the city, and it's like, really, we're tourists. <laughs> mm. Really, is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jeez, he, I don't was, remember he was that. Kinda, he he yeah. lived near the cemetery, and I think he was just annoyed that people were in his neighborhood. You know that oh, sort well. of thing. In Salem, imagine that people in Salem on Halloween—that was a bit oh, I know. shocking How dare for they? him. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Find it hard to believe. Speaking uh, of cemeteries, John uh, in the chat had just brought up a question about Savannah cemeteries. Have you got some? Uh, and and uh, it seems to me there's a very famous one in Savannah, isn't there? We we have two well we have three cemeteries here two which we're known for um, the first one is Colonial Park Cemetery which is downtown mm-hmm. uh, the graves go back to pre Civil War and um, apparently when Grant stormed into Savannah he and his troops took up residence within Colonial Park and yes. desecrated quite a few of the graves um, yeah kind of sad but. Um, the for a minute there, I thought you were talking. What's that? I'm sorry. For a minute there, I thought you were talking about ghost hunters, and he said Grant. I'm like uh, Grant started oh. and he was like, "Whoa, why didn't hear this one?" And then then I realized no, no, no. it was uh, General a, Grant, a much yeah. older Grant. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, but the one we're known for is uh, Bonaventure Cemetery, right? Which is uh, a little yep. bit on the outskirts of town, mm-hmm. and it is it is a work of art. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, "Why? Why do you say a cemetery is beautiful?" But oh. this place, the statues and the the mausoleums and the um, just the, the carving and mm-hmm. decorations on so many of the the family plots and graves and things, it's just absolute artwork. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And of course, Bonaventure is known for having the Bird Girl statue, which was on the cover of the book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Right. Oh, yeah. Put yeah. Savannah on the map, but the, uh, the Bird Girl statue is no longer at Bonaventure. She's actually in the Jepson Museum, which is a block from us. So she lives. Mm-hmm. She lives. She's our neighbor now. So. Well, they had to but, take her out. Right. Well, they did. People. Yeah. Too many people were. Um, people were starting to vandalize her. People were starting to want to take a little chip off of her to take her home yeah. with them. It's hard. It's just yeah. I don't. I don't know what. I, I don't know what possesses people. What is wrong with you? Oh, my God. It's somebody's think, grave. Oh, you know, just if I take a little piece, it won't matter. Okay, yeah. well, if 100,000 people come in and take a little piece, then there's no pieces left to take, you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. So, but but yeah. that, is a, that is a very famous cemetery. I've seen a lot of pictures of it, and uh, that's definitely a bucket list one for it's, me. <laughs> it is a beautiful, beautiful place. And it's funny, um, some of the history, because, 
the tour company that Patrick works for, it's called Sixth Sense World, they do um, a Bonaventure Cemetery tour. And uh-huh. you can't tell the ghost stories within, within Bonaventure because really? it's, against city, yeah, it's against city ordinance and considered to be uh, disrespectful to the residents of Bonaventure. But huh. you can tell the stories about what got them there, what might have led to you know, a person's death. You can mm-hmm. tell the history of them and their family, which, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, a lot of the stories have some nefarious moments in them. So it's you can work the stories in, just not talk about Bonaventure itself being, quote, unquote, haunted. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, learn <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. so, sometimes. <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, lot of interesting stories out there. I bet. But, but sometimes we, we forget about you know, when we do the parallel, we forget about the living relatives of these people. And, and we say different things, and, and especially mediums and everything. They say a lot of things, and, you know, th- we really don't know they're true. There's nothing been really proven other than, you know, what their their impressions are. You know, yeah. I, and, you know, like they said, oh, this guy ped- was a pedophile. Oh, he abused and, – and the person's dead, and, and it's like he can't defend himself. Can't and, defend himself. Yeah, and their relatives, uh, if they're still alive, if they're anyone that you know, that's you know, that's that's slander as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. So I, I, I think we should be be much more respectful and more careful of what we say uh, when we do these investigatings uh, investigations. Totally agree with you. And something that Patrick has done, and I give him total props for 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 what he's doing here. Um, the company that he works for is the second oldest walking tour company in the city and a lot of other companies have taken stories from our company um, mm-hmm. that, that they were telling in the beginning but what Patrick has been doing is he's fact checking and he's investigating you know, he's an investigator so he's right. checking a lot of these stories and he's fact checking and doing a lot of stuff because when the tours company started 20 years ago nobody was walking around with a smartphone to be able to check out your story and right. so now but the tourists that are coming through, they expect a little bit more. I mean, sure, you're going to share le- uh, urban legends and folk stories, but mm-hmm. when you start telling somebody that this is a fact, that this happened, they're going to start checking up on you while they're still on your tour. So Patrick's right. been really, really good about doing a lot of fact-checking, and he's been able to debunk uh, a few stories that have been kind of urban legend and folklore around the Savannah area for just years and years and years. Because he's been able to find records of the families on, like, genealogy.com or um, uh, ancestry.com, sorry, ancestry.com. And the company has a membership to the Georgia Historical Society. And, you know, you know facts are stupid things when you find the microfish that, that contradicts the, the folk stories, you know? <laughs> so right. He's, right. But it, the fact remains is whether... X, Y, or Z happened in this particular story. The fact remains is that the property that that story happened on is still creepy, and you can't explain the things that happen. You know, right. that sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, and, and you know, because I've always remembered uh, Patrick from uh, a haunting evidence where he—that's what what his job was to, you know, uh, bring the more skeptical side and the more scientific exactly. side to it. And so uh, he continues in all these years. Uh, you know, I have to admit, though, years back, Patrick said one thing, and uh, and I absolutely believe it. And I, I've actually seen it come more and more into 
of volition or whatever it is. Uh, Patrick says that we'd be doing ghost hunting with our phones someday. And, and believe it or not, with the new smartphones and all the apps they have, I mean, th- there's so much they can do. You have your recorder, you have your camera, you, you know, even have thermal imaging now. And, and you know, uh, Flair has got the new thermal g- imaging attachment for it. And, I mean, he was absolutely right about that. And uh, I, I always remember he said that. And, and believe it or not, it's, it's come through. So it there has, you go. totally. And even just, you know, on a nightly basis when he's doing his tours, you know, people ask him sometimes, you know, are there phone apps that we can use tonight? And, you know, he'll he'll show them ghost radar. And um, mm-hmm. if they have eye thingies, uh, Bill Chappell's eye, Ovilus, is available from the Apple Store. Not uh, not for smartphones yet. But, um, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that, that people play with. And um, it really involves them. That's, that's what's so fun about his tour is, it's hands-on and it really involves people and gets them, you know, really sets them in the mindset of, of being a paranormal investigator for the night, even as they're just learning the historical stories, too. Mm-hmm. And, and you, of course, you, of course, have written uh, The Ghost Huntress, which is all about paranormal investigating and the paranormal. And the good thing I liked about what you did, of course, is you did the research on it. And, and I did, starting mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> Yours was the first event that I I ever went to the um the oh no, it wasn't the Houghton Mansion it was one before that the thing up in Haverhill what is that the oh, bloody General Beauregard yeah yeah yes good old General Beauregard yep mm-hmm, what is, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the place uh, Buttonwoods Buttonwood Buttonwood yes yeah. Buttonwood that's yeah. funny that's where I first met Ron as well. Ooh. Okay, creepy. No. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I did. I, I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to write it. I need to know what I'm talking about. And, you know, so I became a ghost huntress myself. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to work a lot of our experiences and some of our investigations and just little little things that have happened along the way, you know, into the stories to try to make them more realistic. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about, you know, writing a kind of a, uh, fictional autobiography. I don't, I don't know if that's quite the word for it, but basically, uh, you know, a book about a, per, a person like you and Patrick, you know, and, and your journey through the paranormal. I am actually, well, it's funny you should say that because um, I have not been writing as much lately as I have in the past um, because mm-hmm. I have been working. Uh, as a freelance editor and author mentor for people, so I've been I've been helping a lot of other people get published. Oh, excellent! I've been helping mm. them, um, mm-hmm. but I uh, Patrick and I have sketched out his um, memoirs, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. and I have him writing now. He's been plugging away and writing his journey and his memoirs with some of his paranormal theories and stuff. So I'm I'm going to stay on him and get him get that book published for him so that he can get his stories and theories out um he's been doing really well he uh, of course you know the holidays have sort of slowed oh, us sure. down a little bit mm. but yeah, oh, yeah. um because i think yeah, i think he has a lot to share and i can bring my editing skills to the table to help him you know get it to market right and of course your website is mollygibson.com correct it is, and it, it needs work, but people can also find me on Facebook. Just put in Marley Gibson as well. 
and hit me up there. Um, and, and it's funny because I actually got into doing the editing and sort of mentoring stories with the Christmas Miracles Project, which, oh. you know, I did many years ago. But it was it was a project where we gathered stories from other people, and that sort of got me into, you know, I'm sort of a grammar ninja, and I like to tell everybody when they make a mistake. <laughs> so I like, I like to call them grammar Nazis myself. Yeah, I, I, I must confess I have that, um, that um, inclination as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, I can't math to save my life, but, you know, I can diagram a sentence with my eyes closed. That sort of thing. So, um, you know, yeah, we I, each have our talents. <laughs> I, I am but, a perfect perfect canvas for you guys oh yeah right i am the perfect canvas oh you are oh. yes yes, yes you are ron yes, yes I you am. are <laughs> and, and you mentioned the book about miracles we're going to talk about a little bit about christmas miracles uh when we come back after the break which is just uh about uh coming here but uh you know it's been a an interesting journey, I think, uh, for you and for myself uh, when I first met you guys. In fact, you, I, I met you I, at uh, the romance, uh, the romance the, seminar. The yeah, New England Romance Writers, and it was I was in your session with you and Maureen. We're doing a session on ghost hunting 101. Yep. And literally before the session started, my agent had said to me, she said, "If you want to get published." You're going to have to do something that nobody else has done. She said, this weekend, we're, we're going to come up with, you're going to come up with that idea. And I was like, oh, great. This is going to be fun. I'm not going to have any fun. I'm going <laughs> to have to work. You know, I, I got to figure out what, what my future is. And I went into your session. I just, I don't know, off a whim, I went in. Um, I think maybe the other sessions that it were up against were things that I either knew or had been to before uh, or just, I guess, plain didn't interest in me. And probably about halfway through the presentation that you and Maureen were doing, it hit. It was like a brick hit me in the head, and I, I was yeah. like, I have to write about teenage ghost hunters. Okay, so anyways, that's the my the beating of my heart, which means we're taking a break. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron, our special guest, Molly Gibson. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet, Pararex, and beyond. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the meeting of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome to Talking Head. 
Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, Marley Gibson. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> so we have already a, um, a question about... No, 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 no. Not nope, yet. not yet. Oh, no, nope. we've got to introduce the topic. You just can't... Not yet. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. I'm so sorry. I put that in the chat room. You should have picked that up. But anyway. I, you know what? You're, I didn't even catch it because your font is so dark. Well, I was red, and the people stole my red, and so I was oh, purple, and people stole my purple, so now brighter. I have to go to a different color. For, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't even see it. Sorry, whatever. sorry, sorry. Okay, anyway, go ahead. All right. Ask the Let question. Now that you just brought it up, forget it. All right. Forget it. Nope. 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 Just start. Fine. Okay. So anyways, we're talking with uh, Molly Gibson, uh, author of, of many books, uh, including The Ghost Huntress, and, and her first book with uh, Patrick and uh, Dr. Dave for uh, Ghost Hunting for Little Kids <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. Teenagers. And uh, she also uh, co-wrote a book on um, Christmas Miracles, which since it is Christmas, I thought we would bring that up a little bit. And how did this book come about and uh well let's start with that sure um uh, the gentleman that i did the book with his name is cecil murphy and cecil is probably uh the the best-selling author that no one's ever heard of Um, (laughs) he he's he's done a lot of ghost writing for people and has helped a lot of people get published and he is best known for his book 90 minutes in heaven which he co-wrote with um John Piper, and so he and I share a literary agent, and we met through her, and just we hit it off. He's a he's a sweetheart of a man, and he wanted to do a project together. So we just sort of did some brainstorming, and we came up with this idea, um, you know, because it the Christmas miracles it it had a combination of it had a religious tone to it, it had an inspirational tone to it. And, you know, whether folks want to admit it or not, you know, it does have a paranormal tone to it. Absolutely. Not in a negative connotation, but any, you know, a miracle is not something that happens every day. It is mm-hmm. not normal. So, therefore, it is paranormal. And right. so we we just thought that, you know, it would be a really good kind of chicken soup for the soul type of um, holiday <laughs> book. So our agent found an editor that i mean we just pitched it right to her and she loved it and then we went to work on it so it was um it was a wonderful wonderful project and a lot of great stories we had um we put a website up for people to give us their submissions and then 
I read through all of them, did a little basic edit of the first run of them, and chose which stories were going to be in the book, and then Cecil did the final edit and the flow of, you know, which book went where in, I mean, which story went where in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, a wonderful experience, and we've got, got really good feedback on it to the point where the publisher had us do a second book called The Spirit of Christmas, which, again, all these stories are true stories of miracles and, you know, just good deeds, people being good to each other, uh, Mm -hmm. angels, um, interventions from strangers, all sorts of stories like that uh, during the holiday season. So just um, really proud of the books and and just just love the stories that are in them. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, of all the stories that are in the book, and, and, and these, as far as you know, are true stories, right? The, the people are, there's not written stories. These are, are actually accounts by various people. Correct. That was, that was the criteria. It was, uh, it had to be, you know, a personal experience that you or a family member or a friend had, had been through. And some, some stories we have, um, they're co-written by people, so maybe... You know, maybe something happened to Anne, and she didn't exactly know how to write it, so you helped her write it. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, so that's how it would come about like that. So mm-hmm. but they were true stories according to the people that that submitted them. Nice. So nice. what is your, your favorite story in that book? Well, I'm a little biased because I have a couple <laughs> stories in the book, of course. That's okay. We'll <laughs> take that. We'll take that. Um, I have, uh, there's one story, actually, that my mother told me that she ended up, writing the original and I, I cleaned it up and, and, and fixed it for publication, which was a story that no one in our family had ever heard before. And she told the story and I I was like, well, we have to put that story in the book because it's the perfect example of, you know, just a Christmas miracle. Um, and and I'll, I'll summarize it. It's it's like a five page story, but basically Mm -hmm. in 1967, my grandparents had driven from Alabama up to Massachusetts to spend Christmas with my family. Oh. And they had, they had this brand new Thunderbird that my granddaddy had bought. And they, you know, they drove all the way up there. And we had the whole white Christmas in New England. You know, everything was perfect. And nice. the weather got really, really bad. And my parents were trying to get my grandparents to stay. You know, you're from Alabama. You're not used to driving in the snow. And my granddaddy right. was like, it's not a big deal. I've driven in snow. I've got this brand new Thunderbird, and um, uh, so anyway, they they started out on their way. They left Boston, and somewhere I want to say maybe between Connecticut and New York, um, they literally ran into like a nor'easter that they just couldn't see three inches in front of themselves. Uh. And they, um, as they're like trying to navigate through this storm, one of their tires blew. So oh my god! It, I know wow. it's, it's like one thing after the other, uh. and. Um, they they pulled over to the side of the road. They you know this was long before the days of cell phones or right. uh, rest areas or truck stops or anything like that. So they just kind of hunkered down and waited for, for some help to come along. And when it didn't, Granddaddy decided he was just going to have to bundle up, go out in the snowstorm, change the tire, and you know just do it as quickly as he could. And you know, um, grandmother just kind of sent up a prayer asking for some help at the time because, you know, here, here are these two nice Southern people, you know, stuck in a Nor'easter and not knowing what to do. And um, so Granddaddy gets out of the car. He starts working on the car. And out of nowhere, these two young men show up and 
you know, today we'd probably stand up and start fist fighting them thinking they're going to rob us, but <laughs> they offered to help him and said, sir, you know, we know what, we know how to do that. Let us change that tire for you. You go get back in your car. It's freezing. We'll take care of it. And, wow. um, the great daddy got back in the car. Um, a little bit later, he thought, I'm going to go out. I'm going to, I'm going to shake their hands, thank them. Maybe I think he had a few dollars in his, in his wallet. He's going to give them some money and, he goes out there, and the tire was changed. Uh, the spare was stowed. The jack was put up, and and um, I'm just trying to think for a second. I want to get this right. Um, oh, okay. So, and he gets out of the car. Uh, he gets out of the car, goes and sees us, and it's like no one was ever there. There were no footprints. Oh. There was no other car. The two really? guys were gone. Oh my God! They weren't in front of the car they weren't behind the car and so my grandparents believed that two angels came and changed their tire so that they would be safe from the storm so nobody in our wow. family knew the story until we published it and everybody was like well where, where did that story come from? <laughs> <laughs> so but the book is full of stories like that you know somebody who who their seat got turned off and because they they lost their job. They had no money. And all of a sudden, a Christmas card shows up with, you know, $500 in it. Or mm-hmm. or someone had really bad diabetes, was in the hospital, but then they were fine. Or um, they had been trying for years and years and years to have a baby and to no avail. And then all of a sudden, they find out on Christmas Day that they're expecting. Just mm-hmm. full of just really heartwarming, wonderful, inspirational stories of just good things happening good people because of some divine intervention in a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, nice. it, are there any humorous stories in the book there are some humorous uh, there was one well actually uh, the more humorous stories are in the spirit of Christmas um, okay well either a, either one yeah um, there's there's a story in the book spirit of Christmas where um, one of the ladies who, who, who wrote her story she worked as an extra at Navy Pier in Chicago. Now, if you've ever been to Chicago, Navy Pier is this long, jutting building that goes out over the water over Lake Chicago. Or is it Lake Chicago? Is that what it is? Mm, Lake something. No. Lake Michigan. Uh, Michigan. God, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Lake Michigan in Chicago. And she, um, they have, like, characters that, that walk through this little mall area and they'll entertain the kids and pass out lollipops and stuff. And she, she was just like the most bah humbug person in the world. But yet she landed this role as the happy lady that was in charge of all the elves and stuff. And it's just it's it's heartwarming because she had had a bad year herself. But by putting on this costume, and I think she had like a big nose that she had to wear uh, with the with the big red coat and the big hat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody was wanting their picture made with her. And she was just, the more people she interacted with and the more people she laughed and did little magic tricks and she would sing to them, it just, it kind of got, it got her through her her challenges and her stresses that she was going through that time of year. She kind of mm-hmm. got over herself, in other words. And mm-hmm. she, in turn, was able to make other people laugh, which made her her happy. So that was a fun little story. Mm. And it's I kind of like the idea of, you know, going go into a mall and you don't just have a Santa that you go and sit and get your picture made with, but you've got all these characters that are wandering the mall area that are entertaining people. I think that's 
that sounds fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, it definitely yeah. takes your mind off your own problems, for sure, Absolutely. when you go out and do things and, like that. Absolutely. And where, now, whereas, we, whereas the Christmas Miracle book was more about, you know, people sharing a heartwarming story of something supernatural, paranormal, exquisite that happened to you during the Christmas season, the spirit of Christmas was more about how people act and how people treat each other that time of year, or this time of year, I should say, because it is that time of year, and how, you know, we need to get over the crash commercialism and just realize what the season's really about. And so that's what those stories are about in that book. So they're a good companion to each other. Um, But, yeah, so I I just, I, I, I like the... I liked the themes of the stories that we worked in both books. It was also wonderful working with all these different people who had their story to tell. And some of them, some of them had a great story, but didn't write it very well. So we had to help them. And some people wrote really well, but their story just didn't fit the book. And we, you know, we'd have to pass on them. But um, just overall, the whole process of, of picking the stories and, and how they blended together, it just, uh, you know, Really great experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Ron, can I ask the question now? You may, my love. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you so much. Stephen You're Scott welcome. asked, Marley, uh, do yeah. you feel that this time of year, oh, chat room, stop jumping around. Do you feel that this time of year has an effect on the frequency and type of experiences slash miracles uh, that people have, and especially who they feel was responsible for them? Oh, wow, that's a really very interesting question. I like that. Stephen um, always has very interesting questions. <laughs> he really does. Well, pat on the back there. I think it's a good question. Um, well, it's funny because, you know, if you let's go to the origin of Christmas itself, you know, where we as Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus and celebrate the ultimate gift that was given to us. Um, if you do your history, and again, you know, here we go, the paranormal investigator doing the history, um, there's really no evidence in the Bible or anywhere in history that Christmas occurred in December. Right. Or right. that the birth occurred in December. Um, right. This, for, for all intents and purposes, it was the adaptation of the pagan holiday of the winter solstice that the Christian community put this holiday around the same time. Um, I don't think that's bad. But I do think there is this certain magic in the air, to, you know, I don't know if you want to use that word, of the time of year where it's cold, it's dark, people are more apt to blend to themselves. But yet through the, sol- you know, the celebration of the solstice, through the celebration of Hanukkah, through the celebration of Christmas, through the celebration of Kwanzaa, all these different cultural celebrations that we have this time of year, I think you just get this gen- this, this pumping up of just good energy and mm-hmm. love and caring about other people. I don't know. It's got it's, it's kind of like that, you know, Christmas spirit, power, Santa sleigh type thing. You know, we we get all these mm-hmm. good vibes and good feelings towards life in general. I mean, I think. It causes good things to happen. Mm-hmm. Or Definitely. I may just, you know, have dipped into the eggnog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool question. It's a cool 
Mm. It's a it's a cool theory to think on there. Yeah. Collective goodwill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing, um, my mother my mother taught me growing up, you know, the power of prayer, which you know is is very prevalent in both of these books. The power of prayer is amazing, but when you have multiple people praying for something, that it's all the more powerful. You know, I mean, look at how it's a wonderful life. You know how the beginning of the movie starts. There are all these people praying for George Bailey. Everybody and their brothers praying for George Bailey enough that it gets gets him a guardian angel to come down and and fix his life. You know, I mean, again, <laughs> it's fiction, but just the thoughts behind it and the ideas behind it. It's 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 interesting. You know, we're so negative in our world right now. You know, mm, we all hate this. And we, yeah, we all hate this. We all hate that. Politics, religion, uh, blah blah blah. Everything. Imagine if we put as much energy as a society into being positive mm-hmm. as we do to being negative and hateful and mm-hmm. stressful. I, yeah, yeah. I, I always say it takes way more energy to hate uh, than it does. It's just a waste of know, energy. Anything else. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's very uh, – being angry uh, is exhausting. It it is, mm-hmm. and to be around someone yeah. who's like that is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. It, it's interesting too. It's it's almost like the the theory of chaos, and that where one re, one action causes another action somewhere else in the world, and everything, and all this negativity just keeps creating more negativity. And uh, you know, you know, I absolutely agree with you, uh, Molly. That yeah, it is. The prayer and the po- positive thought is is very powerful in itself, and, and that's the only thing that really will combat any of this crap that's going on nowadays. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. See, and then it is if you could, if everybody could just stop, just stop, take a mm-hmm. deep breath, mm-hmm. chill out, and just <laughs> instead of going towards the negative or the anger or the just take a deep breath and mm-hmm. and be be positive. And I mean, and I'm not, I'm. I need to practice what I preach. You know, I get angry in traffic, and I, I right. get annoyed waiting in line at the post office, and somebody hasn't filled their stuff. You know, we all these tiny little things throughout the day that annoy us, and you know, puts those drops of negativity into that glass of water until that one thing does something that that pushes us over the edge. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 I agree yeah, with that. It's, it's a yeah. You you've heard of the uh, the theory of chaos, right? The chaos theory, right? I have, but I'm going to have to Google it again and read up on it. I've, well, it's it's basically you know if a butterfly flaps its wings in the Amazon, uh, there's an earthquake in China. Basically, one reaction causes a, a series that creates something in the in the entire part of the world. But one thing I didn't know about it, that was actually invented by uh, the a weatherman. Yes, because they couldn't explain the weather, what was going on. And so they they figured that there must be some minute thing that changed some pattern that did something that 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 did it. And that's that's how it all started was was by a weatherman, because they they had these models that were supposedly, you know, uh, fairly accurate. But then they wouldn't go into volition. And so they determined that there must have been something to change something to change something to change something along the line that caused <laughs> that's it. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. It's like, like the butterfly effect, like that movie, huh. The Butterfly Yeah, that's effect. exactly what it is. The, the chaos theory is, is basically the butterfly effect, the same thing. Okay, all right. Yeah. I gotcha. But, uh, Very interesting. You know, 
it, I know that's the whole cool thing about what we do, Molly, you, myself, and Ann, and, mm-hmm. and the rest of our listeners, is, is, is that we look into things that we really don't and can't prove. We just, you know, they're just fascinating. So we come up with different theories to try to understand them. And it, sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not easy, but, you know, it, it's easy to poo-poo uh, other people's ideas. But, you know, you should at least listen to them and say, okay, does that make any sense at all, you know? That's true. Break it apart, look at it, yeah. examine it from all sides. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I, I remember the first investigation I went on with you, and I got all these orbs in the mm-hmm. graveyard. And I was like, oh, my God, I got orbs. And I was so excited. But then I learned, and I, I listened, and I found out, you know, that, that nine times out of ten, it's a bug, it's dust, it's particles in the air. And, I mean, you can – Patrick has this uh, this TP test that he does. He stands there, and he'll hold, like, a wad of toilet paper and play with it in the air, and then he'll take a picture with a flash, and voila, thousands of orbs. You know, <laughs> showing. But, but it's some, it's one of those things, you know, you want, oh, gosh, you know, you want that orb to be your great Aunt Esther coming back to say happy birthday to you. But it could just be a fly, you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be that person that busts somebody's flavor, like especially on his tours when they, you know, people come up and show him orb photos and stuff. Uh, but yeah. then there's that yeah, time yeah. when you're in a, in, a, in a cemetery in Salem when I was with you guys. And Maureen was channeling something, and she looked at somebody, and she said, someone, she held her hand right in front of her chest, and she said, someone take a picture right here. There is something right in front of me. And someone took a picture, and there's an orb the size of a basketball right between her hands. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how do you explain that? Right. You know? Yeah. You yeah, can't, that's... and you shouldn't, and it just, it's cool. Mm-hmm. You'd always say that, you know, when I die, I'm going to come back as an orb and haunt uh, Steve Parsons. <laughs> you're going to follow him around like There's a little a bouncing ball. Show up in all his pictures. Oh, look, ah, it's a face ah, in it. It's ah, Ron. It's Ron. Oh! <laughs> That's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it that would be a Christmas funny. miracle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you guys have done a lot of traveling, and you've gone to a lot of conferences. And, and, and what, uh, curious on these conferences, do you find that it's predominantly a young people, or are you getting more, uh, I'm not going to say older people, but uh, yeah, I guess I will say older people going to these, or is it still based on a lot of young people? I think the, the conferences that we've attended in the past years and and you have to forgive us, we've kind of been homebodies here in Savannah uh, for the past year because basically Patrick's on stage every night doing his tour. Right. Um, I, I, the conferences we go to, you know, I would say it's people, a good range of people probably from their early mid-20s to early mid-60s. It's, it's, it seems it's an old, I don't want to say an older generation, but it's, it's not little kids, not teenagers. It's, it's like young adults up to old adults and it's mm. like everybody has different stages that they go through it you know that that they're they're those that are the adventure seekers and the thrill seekers that that want something to happen but then mm. you've got the people that love history and want to go to a historic location and get information that backs up the location you know mm. things like that and then right. you've got the folks that just are gadgetries and they take all those with them and want to get something 
it's just it's it's a really cool mix of people and also you get a lot of really spiritual people as well who are mm-hmm. looking for answers or directions that maybe they haven't gotten through a minister or a counselor you know and right there's nothing wrong with any of those things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i i had a fan contact me one time after i think maybe it was like my fifth or sixth Ghost Hunters book, and they're like, I just love your books, and they're very creative, and you're writing really well, but I'm just, I, I feel like I need to witness to you and bring you to Christ. And I was like, Really? Huh? And I'm like, <laughs> my, my brows are knitted together, and I'm, yeah. and I said to her, I said, Well, I'm a Christian, thank you, but I'm a Christian. And she said, Well, you can't possibly be a Christian and write the books that you do. And I'm like, really? No, no, you can't do, you can't paint me with that brush. Right. You know, my, my mother's a church organist. I grew up in the church. <laughs> but wow. you know what? I'm almost 50 years old, and I've expanded my universe, and I like to do a lot of what-ifing on, if my own, on my own. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was really weird that that she <laughs> felt moved by my books that, that I had no spirituality. So <laughs> I, I think everybody comes into paranormal investigation and paranormal um, enthusiasm from a different angle, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, I you know, agree. yeah. You, you know what's interesting is on the the morning show we were talking about because uh, it, it was Christmas. We we talked a little bit about religion in it, and I, I had mentioned oh, there's the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here. So I'll make this quick. But anyways, um, no, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I was watching this movie, Noah, which is, uh, you know, Russell Crowe, and it's a, the story of the, the Ark. But in, in this, this story, Noah uh, believes that God wants mankind to, to die for all the things that they did. But if, if you go through the whole story, it, that's really not what he wants. And I kind of believe that's what happens sometimes in the paranormal. And we hear spirit, uh, whether it's a, an individual spirit or a God, especially God, it, it, you know, it, we, we can't comprehend the, the divinity that he has. And sometimes the message gets muddled and we just don't hear it right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like a cat or, or a dog. You know, you tell them uh, something and they're intelligent and they can, they can, you know, get my slippers. They'll get my slippers for you. Like, uh, you know, can you go get me, make me a sandwich or something? And the dog just go, he comes back with your slippers, you know. Uh, <laughs> they just don't get it. They, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit beyond their comprehension as far as uh, that. And, and I think that that's what us as paranormal investigators, we, we just, you know, we just can't comprehend everything that is on the other side. So, no, absolutely, and we never will. Yep. Anyways, uh, I hate that's to say so. this, but we have yeah. to say goodbye to you. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. You guys have been great. I appreciate your having me on, and oh. I hope folks will pick up Christmas Miracles, Spirit of Christmas, and any of the other books I've, I've got out there. You can find me on Amazon. Yeah, and uh, visit your website if you're you're interested. In get into writing, which is Molly Gibson Gibson. Yeah, Gibson. MollyGibson.com. <laughs> And uh, I want to wish uh, you and Patrick a very Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you ever get up this way, you will have to meet. Or maybe we'll get down and uh, we'll meet up. And, yeah, come, come to Savannah. Let we'll us, let us, show you, let us show you our city. That, you know, that might be a neat thing, a road trip. Mm. Road trip. Be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Come come see us. So, but you guys have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And it was Jim wonderful Marla. talking to you both. All right. Thank you. you. Take care. Okay, guys. Good night. Yep. Good God night. bless. And good night to everybody else out there. 
have a Merry Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever it is you celebrate. And yeah. uh, stay safe and uh, love your family. Yeah, drink a lot. Drink a lot. <laughs> Good night. And, and, and Anne, Merry Christmas yes. to you. Merry Christmas, Ron. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.